Trading Nut, episode 139. I would say one of the very important things to master is, especially in this market right now, whether it's crypto or whether it's the stock market or anything else, look for signals of distributions. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Up podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got Gareth Soloway on the show. Now Gareth, you might have seen him even on CNBC. So this guy's got some celebrity fame here in the trading world. Uh, he is a stock and crypto trader and today you get to hear him talk about probabilities and how you can possibly improve them, scaling into a position, uh, your screen setup and his PPT methodology. Look, Gareth's the real deal. It's coming up in just a sec. We also recorded a video after this where Gareth shows you where there could be a potential major correction in some of the big indices as well, as well as giving you some insights into what can determine whether or not uh, something has broken out or not. So worthwhile checking that video out after the show. Right, uh, talking about the crypto space, I have actually got something pretty amazing <laughs> in the pipeline coming up. I was going to say something else, but I, I didn't. Uh, it's pretty amazing coming up in the pipeline for in the crypto space, and you guys are going to get to find out what it is soon so stay tuned here on trading up um, also stay tuned for the cast Darman pre-market analysis if you guys haven't jumped on board that that is still going you can see some of his post-market analysis uh, for free and the pre-market stuff is a paid for service over there on the trading nut YouTube so go and check that out as well and whilst you're there I did upload a video earlier on this week where I break down one of the latest robots I've built for my robot builders club so if you guys want to go and check that out it's got back test results, it's got the full strategy, everything unpacked for you, and it's based on the Derek Vanderlinder TDI shark fin kind of approach. So uh, guys, worthwhile going to check that out over there as well. And if you're interested in building your own robots, because my members do actually get access to the source code of this robot, which they can edit and make changes to using the tool that I teach them how to use, which is called FX Dreamer, then head over to Trading Nut, click on the robots uh, link at the top nav, and you'll find a free training there. And you also find the Robot Builders Club and everything in that club there. And I've actually added another video into that page where you can find out more about the robot lab and how that works now we've got the doors closing on that club soon as well folks i'm closing the doors on it so if you do want to come on board now is the time to act all right folks let's get on with the show with gareth hey folks my sponsors city traders imperium have just launched some amazing changes to their funded trader program you got to check out you can now skip the whole evaluation, trade gold as well as Forex, plus they've increased the drawdown you're allowed in both the evaluation and when funded. With CTI, it's even faster and easier to reach up to $4 million in funding with a 50-70% to 70% profit share. Click the link in the description to find out what else has changed. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Gareth Soloway here on the show from In The Money Stocks. Welcome to the show, Gareth. Hey, thank you so much for having me today. 
Look, it's great to have you on because I, I, I read your sort of uh, profile and potted history and that, and I know that you've been sort of featured on the likes of CNBC and some other sort of high-profile things. I mean, do you want to talk us through that quickly? Yeah, so, um, you know, just, just you know, an interesting start to my career, and I, I always try to tell traders, especially there's so many new investors and traders out there today uh, with the markets and with COVID and everything like that, um, that it's important for them to understand, you know, how other professional traders kind of got started in the business. And one of the things that I think is so intriguing is that I grew up in a household where my parents didn't invest at all at that point. Um, so I had no exposure. I didn't hear about stocks in my household or anything like that. And I got first exposed to investing through my high school where they did like one of those investment challenges. And it was on Yahoo Finance at the time in the late 90s. And what was interesting was this happened to be the time for dot-coms, right? So the dot-coms were running. They were going up 500%, 300%. It was nuts at that point, much like the, uh, the markets these days with the meme stocks. And I had a fake account, 100,000 fake account, and it blew me away coming from a pretty, you know, mid-income, middle-class income um, that I could turn 100,000 of fake money into 200 or 300,000 in a matter of a month's time. And it was addicting, right? I mean, you know, someone who didn't have a lot of money coming up and, and all of a sudden, even though it was fake money, I had all this money. And that really got me addicted. And I said to myself, listen, I got to continue to pursue this path. It's, it's just something new, exciting. Uh, every day is something different. You don't know if you're going to make money or lose money every day. You don't know what the market's going to throw at you. And that goes for the crypto market, the FX market, or any of the other markets out there. Cool. Um, and so, so that demo trading, I mean, experiment, were you doing anything different there or anything sort of they, they thought you had an edge or was it just pure luck? Oh, it, back then when I first started, it was pure luck. I would love to say I was born a, a stock investing genius, but but honestly, it was pure luck. It was just looking at these these dot coms. It was kind of like investing in AMC or GameStop when it was already up like two hundred percent. There was still another three hundred percent or more to go, and and it was just doing what a lot of the newer investors are doing now with some of those. Um, and just like them, I ran into lots of issues, right? So, so after high school, after being exposed to this, I said, okay, well, how do I get into this career? Uh, I went to, to school, uh, you know, basically college or university for, for economics. Um, and that really led me into my, my next path, which was my first job after college. And I was a, basically a financial planner, but it was glorified cold calling. I hated it. Um, after one year, and this was something my, my mom always said, stay with a job for one year. Otherwise it looks bad on your resume. So I sucked it up and I stayed with it for a year. And then like my one year came and I said, all right, I quit, you know, and I, I had $10,000 at that point saved and I put it in an account and I started trading at a prop firm essentially. And, you know, at this point, I still didn't know what I was doing. Let's be honest. You know, it takes years and years of study to learn the charts and to learn investing techniques that make you money. I got lucky plenty of times. I'd make money five or 10 times in a row, and then I would lose 50% of my money in one bad trade, right? And I'm sure we've all experienced that. But what was key was, you know, I literally worked three jobs at that point, and I would just replenish. So I had $10,000. The prop firm gave me 50 to trade. Any losses I took would come out of my 10000 and I would have losses, and I'd have to work jobs just to replenish that. 
and, and I get it back to 10,000, I continue to trade. I work, you know, as bartending, bartending instructor, working on weekends at a catering firm, anything I could do to just make sure that I could continue to learn. And by learn, I mean lose money, unfortunately, um, as, I was, as I was getting more experience and learning the right things, not the, the wrong things not to do and the right things to do. And, and were you, uh, with this prop firm, I mean, was it obviously sort of commission-based, you perform and you get a cut of the profits and, and that sort of thing, or and hence why you're replenishing the money, but you, could you do, how did you do that balancing three jobs? I mean, how on earth do you find the time? Yeah, so I mean, the job, so number one is, yeah, I mean, the prop firm always makes out, right? So so I think at that point, I was paying $15 to buy a stock and 15 to sell. Now it's free, basically. So I mean, it shows you what times have changed. But the prop firm got that money, and then and then they would also take a cut of profits that I was making if I did make profits. So I mean, they were making out with with basically no risk, right? If I lost money, it was my money. If I gained money, they got a cut plus the commission. And then and then with the three jobs, I mean, so it was bartending. So I, I would bartend like Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Um, I would work on weekends as a bartending instructor, teaching other people too. And then I would do catering jobs you know, in the afternoons during the week when the markets were slower um, and then also on the weekend. So basically any time that the, that the markets were either slow or, or closed, I was working my butt off to make sure that I was just bringing in money. And I still remember vividly, you know, I would, I would try to conserve money wherever I could. I lived out of my friend's basement. I threw him a couple hundred dollars just to live in his basement at that time. And, and I also would would decide like oftentimes I'd say, okay, do I want to eat lunch today or dinner? And then I try to save on one of those meals. So, so I really, it, it was this dedication and this, this focus that enabled me to say, okay, save and put as much money into that account, knowing that, well, I kept on hoping I would turn profitable every day. Right. But it took a while and it was just that laser focus that eventually led me to, to learning the charts enough where I turned the scale to a neutral trader, which is always what happens first. You don't go from losing a lot to making a lot. It's it's losing a lot to losing less to losing almost nothing to then turning just positive. And then it just is kind of like that slope up where as you get more experience, you're just going to be able to make more and more money. Hey, just jumping in here with a message from my sponsor, Sage Strategies. Do you want to trade gold and crypto like the institutions? Well, now you can. And it's free for 14 days with Sage Strategies, fully automated trading strategies. Check out their live track records for 25 unique strategies. Plus, they'll host everything for you, which is perfect for beginners and advanced traders or investors. Simply sign up for their 14-day free trial at sagestrategies.io and experience it for yourself. Cool. And so in terms of that, I suppose, learning curve, and trying to learn the charts. I mean, what what fundamental things helped you understand what was going on in the charts? Yeah, so so number one, it, it's really really putting out all the nonsense that you hear in the media. So media is going to. So it's important to recognize that you know you have a CNBC or you have other stations that are there for financial information, and you have to look at what TV is or radio or anything else for what it is, which is. Their goal is to get people to watch and sell advertising. The more money that they get, the more people they got to watch, they get to charge more for advertising. So they're going to hype things that are popular. And they're, when fear is out there, they're going to harp on the fear, which is the exact opposite of what a trader wants to do. A trader wants no emotion. You don't want to react emotionally. That's how you end up losing money. So it, it was kind of the shift where I went from looking at things like that and looking at fundamentals to where I really started to look at charts and say, okay, when X happens, the result is Y. 
And I kept on seeing that over and over again. And, you know, it not, doesn't always happen, but it's probabilities. A good trader knows that it's all about probabilities. You want to put the odds in your favor. And therefore, you can, if you, if you trade 100 times and the odds are in your favor, let's say you make money on 80% of them or 80 trades, the rest takes care of itself. So, I mean, it was studying the charts, getting rid of all the other nonsense out there and, and really just letting it take over. And so, so when you'd sort of noticed that shift from like going from losing to, to break even to getting a little bit of profit, what, what were the fundamental changes that you made within yourself or within what you were doing that, that helped you get over those hurdles? Yeah, so some of the, fun, some of the key changes that I made were, were, number one, don't necessarily go in assuming you're going to make money right away. So, so one of the keys, and this is something that I've continued to expand on as I, even, even lately over the last couple of years, uh, and I've been trading for 20 plus years now, but it's, it's in the beginning as a, as, a, as a newer investor or trader, you say, okay, I want to buy Apple. And you just go in saying, okay, I think I'm going to be right, so I'm going to buy my full position here. What I've done and what I've tweaked is I go into a trade with an idea of how much I want to own. Let's say I want to own a million dollars of Apple. Um, I don't buy a million day one. What I do is I admit that the market is always right and I am not right. And that levels, stocks can go lower than you think, just like they can go much, much higher than you think. So what I do is I say, okay, if I'm going to put a million dollars in Apple, I'm going to divide that into four pieces of the pie. And I'll start by buying, let's say, 250000 in Apple. And then if it goes lower, I'll add another two fifty, eventually accumulating my full position. And what that does is, because the markets tend to do things you don't expect, it gives you more maneuverability. So that's a big one. The other is, is just, you know, learning the charts, learning things like time counts and the confirmation signal and double tops, double bottoms, gap fills, all these things that have high probabilities that in the beginning you have no clue about. I mean, if you ask me why I was buying a stock 20 years ago or 15 years ago, I honestly couldn't tell you. You know, maybe it was being pumped on CNBC and I thought I could hop on and chase it. But now there's a fundamental checklist that I have that really says, okay, A, B, and C align. Okay, now it's a high probability trading opportunity. And if, if you had to like sort of break it down into strategies, I mean, do you, would you say you've got like one strategy that's fairly flexible or would you say you've got a number of different strategies to, to get you in and out of trades? Yeah, so, so I would say one of my favorite strategies is, is what's called the confirmation signal. And this is something that actually triggered today in the S&P 500 um, and, and basically what it, it tells you. So, so there are a lot of games that are played in the market. All right, you have computer programs that are trading back and forth. And these computer programs are programmed to push traders to, to their breaking point. So essentially, you know, they'll have a chart that goes below a key support line. And it'll get a lot of people to stop out of their long play, but also it'll get some shorts on board. And then what you'll see is that chart will just rip the opposite way. And people are left like, wait, what the heck happened? I thought it was breaking down. The confirmation technique allows you to look for a secondary close below that previous low, which essentially, if that happens, it tells you that the algorithms are not of, you know, essentially manipulating that. So that's a key technique. And at some point in the future, maybe I can really show you guys on the charts how to do that one. But that's one of my favorite ones. Um, there are a couple other things out there as well that are really beneficial. But, but it's important to recognize that there's a lot of fluff in the market and you have to be able to cut through it and kind of learn the nuances of, of how the institutions are trying to push things around. And, and so what's your sort of go-to, um, I suppose, in, instrument or symbol or whatever? Like if you're going to trade one thing, what would it be? 
Oh my goodness. Um, if I was going to trade one thing, <laughs> I mean, right now, um, you know, basically anything that has earnings is giving us good action. So, so I usually go counter trend. So one of my biggest strategies is actually going counter trend. So people say, don't catch a falling knife, right? A stock or a market or a crypto, you know, it's, it's falling dramatically. And they're like, oh, it's too scary. You're going to get hurt. Well, first of all, using that technique I first talked about in terms of of buying small positions on the way down is very beneficial there, but also reading the charts, right? So, so if, if a stock is falling, there's going to be a level it bounces at. The question is, can you decipher that? Can you read that chart accurately enough to decide where the highest probability buy level is going to be so that you can step in? And again, it might be a gap fill. It might be a double bottom. It might be a time count with a double bottom. There's different ways to do that. But, but again, going back to trading, I mean, you know, Bitcoin's been great, you know, well, it was great earlier, it's kind of gone into a sleeper mode recently, but that's been a great trading vehicle. Um, and then just again, like I said, you know, anything that has action in it is is definitely where I want to be in terms of looking for opportunities. And, and sort of looking at uh, your track record, which is, I've got to say, is fantastic. It's, you know, a number of years, guys, if you ever look at over there on uh, In The Money Stocks. So um, you've got so many different symbols in there. I mean, how do you filter down or select even just the stocks that you trade? Because I'm like going, hang on a sec, how, how has he picked this one out of like these thousands of stocks? Yeah, so that's that's a great point because, I mean, there are thousands of stock symbols out there. And, and basically what I'm doing is I'm scanning, and I don't use a lot of scanners. Like a lot of people have all these different indicators on their chart. I basically look at moving averages, and I look at stocks that are hitting 52-week lows, 52-week highs. Um, and then I look at some of the big names. Like I'll cycle through a lot of the NASDAQ 100 um, those are very volatile, usually the NASDAQ names, um, the S&P, the top stocks on the S&P like Apple and so forth. And then also I, I, I trade a lot of the ETFs that are doubles and triples. The, the, the spiders, for instance, it doesn't move a ton, but if you do a double or a triple as a shorter term trade, you can get a quite a bit of gain. But basically what I'm doing is I'm just kind of going through um, the charts. You know, I look at maybe a hundred a night or a couple hundred a night, and I just quickly click through them. And, and as you fine tune, and this is something that newer investors will find in the beginning, you look at a chart and you're like, this is a foreign language. I have no idea how to read this. But what you'll find is that over time, you can look at a chart and I've gotten to the point where my eye is so accurate that I can read a chart in a split second and decide if it has any reason to look at it further or if we just go on to the next chart. So even scanning through 100 charts may only take me about 10 or 15 minutes. Cool. And then talking about charts, I mean, do you want to just quickly walk us through what each of those screens do behind you? I'll be quite intrigued and to find out what, what they do. I mean, obviously, you don't have to yeah. go over there, but like, if you could just uh, explain to the guys, because this will be going out as a podcast as well, so they'll want to know. Sure, and that's that's great. I mean, yeah, the, the four, the, there's eight screens back there. They're 27-inch screens. Um, so in general, I don't think you need that many screens to trade off of if you're trading for yourself. Um, I have four of them that have charts and watch lists and level twos for my stock trading. I have one or two that have cryptocurrency on them. And then I also have, so, so running in the money stocks.com, I have other responsibilities. I run a live day trading room where we day trade throughout the day and I'm on a headset throughout the day. Um, and then I have other stuff for the company that I have to do. Like when I put out a trade alert, when I buy or sell a stock, I, I immediately give it to, to our members out there uh, in as real time as I can. So, so, you know, just in all fairness, I think the average trader probably can get by on three screens if you really want to have enough of enough viewing, you know, ability. Um, for me, if there's other things there that I have to do on a daily basis, and, and let's be honest, I'm just going to be flat up straight with you guys. 
you know, when I'm eating lunch, one of those screens might have a show on that I DVR and I'm just flipping it on in a slow portion of the day and I'm eating my uh, salad or whatever I'm eating. <laughs> cool. Um, now, what about, uh, like, so you've got a, a number of trades that are, I can see in the track record, like, over the course of a year, you've got a good chunk of trades in there. I, I didn't count them up, but um, what about, like, are you trading outside of that personally or... Uh, for for some other sort of outfit, obviously you don't need to disclose anything. But um, are you doing any any sort of other things that can't sort of be released to the public simply because it's just untradeable because you're in so quickly or something like that? Yeah. So so for the most part, it, it's everything is there. I do have other accounts. So basically, for like my swing trade service, I have one account that I trade just for that service, and those are the stocks I'm buying and selling. And then same thing with my day trading. I have a separate account just for day trading. That's those are the trades that I give in the live day trading room there. Um, there are other accounts like I, I do assist some hedge funds in certain trading, but a lot of it is the same trading. So so, you know, if, if I like, for instance, you know, Apple or Microsoft or something else, whether it's long or short. If for, for my members and I'm buying it personally, it's very likely that I'm doing that same trade. You know, maybe there's a couple penny difference in entry, but, but for the most part, that's what I'm trading. Um, if, if I'm, if I always look at it, like if it's good enough for my own account, then I can put it out to members. If it's, if it's not, then I shouldn't be putting it out to members anyways, if I'm not trading it. And, and so sort of going through those, or oh, well, you're trading, I mean, what, what, what stats can you pull out of that? Because I couldn't see any, uh, I suppose, stats. I could see the wins and losses and stuff. I mean, if you had to sort of give um, some high-level stats around number of trades a week or a month, uh, win rates, risk-to-reward kind of things, how do they look? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what's interesting is you'll find that with day trading, so day trading seems riskier, right? You're in and out sometimes in seconds or minutes. Uh, sometimes you'll hold a stock for hours, but day trading by definition, you're in and out that same day. What's amazing is that even though people think it's riskier, our percentage win rate is much higher. It's around 95%, which is remarkable. Um, even, I, even I'm amazed at that type of win rate. Uh, the reason, and this is, this is really interesting. So my swing trading is about 80%, 75% success rate, which is still very, very good. But the reason why you see a difference there is because essentially when you hold stocks overnight, you open yourself up to unsuspecting news, right? So I could wake up the next morning to a stock that put out bad news and it's down. And that's it. When you're day trading, you're in and out in such a short time, you're not influenced by that. For, for instance, recently, China's been cracking down on, on a lot of their companies. So if you're in a Chinese stock and overnight China does something, you wake up to those stocks being down. So, so day trading, you eliminate a lot of the kind of the, the chance of something happening in the overnight period when the markets are closed and you're sleeping. And that enables you, in my opinion, to have a higher win rate than swing trading. Now, swing trading is still basically the main thing that most investors should do because they can't sit behind their screen all day long day trading. But, but for sure, the win rate in day trading is much, much higher. Now, in general, I do about uh, day trading is, is varies, but I would say on average three to five day trades a week. That's very small. But what you find out as a day trader is that the less you trade, the more you make, meaning that the more, you know, kind of deciphering you are on what you take and the discipline of saying, okay, no, that doesn't fit the highest criteria that I want. The, the higher your win rate will go. And that's really what we found. And we've grown this chat room to, to you know, hundreds and hundreds of members by really being so disciplined where people will, will be in there some days for like two or three days and have no trades. And then all of a sudden we'll bang out two and you make 5,000 bucks. And it's like, well, 
you know, how blessed am I to have a career where I can, you know, be in and out of stocks in a couple of minutes and make that type of money on a week, even a weekly basis. So, so sort of thinking back to your beginnings, like, I mean, what do you think made you different from everyone else out there that like either can't, is not going to ever become a trader or, or, or can't seem to make it in this game? That's, I mean, you know, essentially what has made the difference between me and, and versus other people. I mean, I, I do believe everyone has it in them. The question is, are you willing to dedicate that much time? Are you willing to work on yourself and your discipline? Um, discipline is the most important thing. I can teach anyone how to read a chart, right? It's a double bottom. It's a double top. This is it. This is X. This is Y. But what I can't teach people is individual discipline, which is, you know, when there's nothing to do in the market, can you sit on your hands and not do anything? Um, a lot of people can't. They got to be in the next trade. It's like an addiction, right? You got to have your next fix. And that's something that people have to work on. I've been able to do it over time. It took me a while, but I was able to do it. I do believe anyone can do it, but you have to be able to say, okay, I'm going to dedicate myself to this no matter what. I'm going to work as much as I have to do to fund my account to get to that point. And you can't get discouraged and blow up. And if you do blow up, will you get back up and just start pushing forward again? And, and discipline, I mean, it is, it is one of those sort of key pillars you've got to get right. Do you have any sort of tips or techniques or anything that you did that that helped you get your discipline in check? Uh, I mean, for me, so I I have tips that I would like at some point I would love to run an office where I have traders and I train them in person Uh, with our mobile environment. You know, it's just so nice to be able to work from home or work from any location in the world. But when I was growing up, when I when I was coming up as a trader, um, part of it was losses, right? I would get a loss or I'd take a big loss. And I mean, I've taken losses of 50 to 75,000 in my career in one trade in one day. I mean, it, it has been brutal, but you learn that feeling that, that where your heart just drops into your stomach. And can you then say, okay, what, what did I do wrong? How can I improve upon that? I'm a big fan of a journal. So early on in my career, I had a journal where every time I would make a trade, I would write out, why did I do that trade? What did I do wrong if I made a mistake and lost on it? And by writing it out, you tend to learn a little bit better. Um, In the future, if you're watching this and you want to improve, what you want to make sure you're doing is when you get in a trade, you don't want your heart rate to change. So essentially, if you get in a trade and you have this massive adrenaline rush, what that's telling you is you're doing too big share size and you don't know what you're doing and you don't have the confidence of your your analysis yet to do that share size. So I would recommend, again, monitoring your heart rate. Um, As you get better, as you get more confident, you can up your share size um, or your block size, and you'll notice that your heart rate still doesn't change, and then you just up it a little bit more. If it starts to jump, you say, okay, i got to stay right below here for a little while at a time. So little things like that can really make a big difference coming up, and you can train yourself. Um, It doesn't come overnight. Remember that you have to pay for education, right? So some people think that, oh, I can just get into trading and I'll make lots of money. In in this market we've seen recently, that's true. It doesn't hold true for the longer term. Bear markets will crush you. Um, You have to be ready to learn and pay someone, either someone to learn or you end up paying the market. And I can vouch for paying the market. I mean, brain surgeons have to go through a lot of school. They rack up a lot of debt sometimes. Um, It's crazy to think that you could be in the best profession as a trader in the world and not have to actually learn anything. So I would definitely suggest education as being super, super key. Cool. And uh, thinking about a price chart, I mean, do you think there's, well, if you had to sort of recommend go away and study this on a price chart, what three things would you say I should go and study? 
So basically there's, there's three things that I think are the most important price pattern and time, right? And that's what makes up what I call the PPT methodology. Um, price would be the location on a chart. So if a chart is at $20, is it at $10? Is it at $15? And then where in relation is that to support or resistance? So that's number one pattern would be something called like bull flags or bear flags. They're very powerful signals of accumulation or distribution going on in a stock chart. And lastly, time. Time is the most important thing. Um, those would be something like time counts where when you see a certain amount of bars in one direction, if you study it, you'll learn that at a certain point, there's a high percentage reversal signal there that will occur and you'll actually do it. So I know it doesn't give you much information, but bottom line is price pattern and time. Essentially, look at a, a candlestick chart, get a book out that teaches you what a bull flag is, teaches you what a gap fill is, teaches you what a head and shoulder pattern is. And you can really do a lot of this learning on your own. And do you have any sort of um, metrics or percentages, probabilities around some of those patterns that you could share with us? Just on the off chance, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, over the amount of thousands, tens of thousands of trades I've done in my career, you absolutely do. So individually, I would say each pattern formation, if it's a perfect setup, is probably about 60 to 70% accurate. What I found, and this is the trick, right? What I found is looking for two of those three together. So if you have a time count that comes right into a gap fill, the odds go up from it. Basically, it's like adding two positives, right? So now you have, you know, something that was 60, 60 to 70% accurate now jumps to 80 to 85. And that's really what we do. So for instance, when I'm trading, whether I'm day trading or swing trading, by the way, charts are universal. So if you're trading Forex or crypto or stocks or commodities or futures or anything like that, it's the, the same techniques work on every chart. And basically what you find is that, again, two of those pattern setups together or two of those setups together boost you to a level where you can actually really do very, very well in investing and trading. Cool. And look, I, I've got to say, I love that uh, heart rate thing for getting your discipline in check and knowing if you're risking too much. That's fantastic because I do remember back in the day, my heart would just go through the roof and I'm like, what the hell? Anyway, um, yeah. do you have any special sort of mindset tips or techniques, other things that people could possibly go and try out at home after this? Um, so, so a couple things that I do is, you know, number one is, is, is that journal and then revisiting it in the evenings before bed. Um, I think that's so, so important because, you know, we don't learn so much from our winners, you know, winners can be dumb luck, but it's, it's when we take a loss can you learn from that loss? And writing it down, reading it before bed, super, super important. Um, I also think that you have to also, and, and this is something that I did over time, is that if you're going to be dedicated to trading, you want to, number one, have the mentality that, yes, money is important, but it can't be everything. So you don't want to think that it's life or death, right? You, I would never say, some, if someone came to me and said, hey, listen, this is the only 5000 I have in the whole entire world, I'd say, don't trade, save it. When you have enough money where it's not the only only money you have, then come back. And again, what you want to do is you want to take that emotional pressure off. You know, people that they say scared money doesn't make money, right? And that's so, so accurate because it's a, it causes an emotional response. So once you have some excess income, then start to invest. Start small. Use that heart rate technique and just have the mindset that if you take a loss, it's only money. Step back up, learn from it, and then start again. Cool. Awesome. Um, now, uh, 
if there was one thing you could, you could recommend one a trader spend the next month mastering, what what would it be? Oh my goodness, you're throwing the hard ones at <laughs> yeah. me. Um, um, I would say one of the very important things to master is, especially in this market right now, whether it's crypto or whether it's the stock market or anything else, look for signals of distribution. So look for things that are telling you that a top is near. Because one of my big fears about the, especially the equity markets here in the U.S., is that we're getting close to a big corrective move. In fact, we actually confirmed talking about, we talked about the confirmation signal earlier. We actually confirmed a potential cycle top on the S&P 500. And I've been seeing certain things in the market that are telling me there's big money selling. So for instance, in, in the S&P, and, and I'm just using this as, an, as a chart, you know, not necessarily that everyone trades the S&P, but what, what we've seen lately is early in the day, the markets will open and then there's selling pressure. And then what you'll notice is come lunchtime, when the big money stops selling, the markets float back up. And we constantly are hitting new all-time highs, you know, little higher highs and so forth. And what the institutions are doing there is they're, they're using the early portion of the day to unload when there's actually volume for them to do it. And then what they do is once they can't really unload because the volume gets too light in lunchtime, they step aside. The small investor continues to buy. The small investor who thinks the market can never go down, they continue to buy it up. So, so I think that's something that, that you want to start looking for. Look for something called a topping tail. There were some charts that put them in this week. Um, there's a dead signal that there's institutional selling pressure going on there, and there could be a correction coming. Cool. That, that's really, really interesting. And how many days did you sort of – over how many days or weeks did you notice this happening? I mean, to be honest, it's been happening for the last like month or so. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing because these institutions are kind of like sneaking and selling and then they step back and then the small investor pushes the market up back to the highs and then they just rinse and repeat the next day. So it's, I mean, it's happened for four to six weeks now, well, not every single day, uh, but I'd say like three to four days a week, which is, which is quite a lot. Wow, guys, so this is uh, August 2021, so go and check that out if you want to have a look and, and see what what's really going on. Um, now, just quickly, before we jump into the quickfire round, I want to find out what your journal actually looks like. Obviously, you don't need to get it out, but I mean, is it? are we talking a digital journal, a handwritten journal, How does it, and how does it sort of play out on a page? Yeah, so, so back, so at this stage of my career, I do not use a journal anymore. Now, again, I've been doing this for 20 years. Um, it's still important to revisit your losses, but luckily enough, they're few and far between at this point in my career. Um, but I would suggest doing whatever you, you're best with. So some people always have their laptop in bed. You can, you can easily just keep it on your laptop. Um, I like to have a piece of paper next to me on, at my computer desk where if I do take a loss, I jot down the symbol. I, I write down how much I lost. And then I can always revisit that later in the evening as well. So again, I think it's really up to the individual. Do they do better by writing it down or by just, you know, using a kind of an online journal? Cool. And we're going to jump into the quick fire round here, guys. So how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Oh, wow. Um, probably about four years. Now, one thing just to caveat that real quick is that if you have someone that knows what they're doing and you're following them, it will happen a lot faster. I did not. So it, it you know, I think essentially I had to pay the market a lot more in terms of education versus paying someone. Uh, what's your favorite entry setup? I'd say three to three bar drops, three bar surges to the downside on the candlestick chart into a major gap fill. That's it's such a high percentage trade, at least in this market so far. It's been a great winner for us, you know, for months now. 
what strategies do you use to exit or manage trades? To manage trades, so so number one, managing trades very important when when to buy in small per- percentages of your total position. And by the way, a lot of people will buy a full position and then they'll get down on the trade and they'll say, "Oh, well, I'm down, so I guess I got to put even more in it." Don't do that. Have a before you even enter a trade, say to yourself, "How much am I wanting to commit to this trade?" and then divide that amount up so that you're buying. So that allows you to manage the trade. So for instance, what I'll do sometimes is if I buy a one quarter position at 20 and then another quarter at 18, another quarter at 16, another quarter at 14, my average will be right in the midst there, right at 17, right? And um, and what I'll do is as it comes up, maybe back to 17, I'll unload a quarter of that, which gives me that ability if it goes down again to buy it back. And, and it's just that what we call it in, in the business is trading around your position. And it's essentially adjusting and, and being able to be that, that maneuver trader, maneuvering trader to, to, to put yourself in the best position where you're not risking too much if it goes back down and you're giving that, that ability to kind of, kind of get ready to get back in if you need to. Cool. And do you have a recommended book or resource that people would go and check out? I don't. Um, I, so, so there's there's lots of basic technical analysis books. I think everyone needs to start there. Once you get past the basics of what is a candlestick, what is a gap fill, what is a double top, double bottom, head and shoulders, those basics, um, then you want to step up to, I would say, you know, something like what we teach, which is the PPT methodology, where you're going to learn time counts, you're going to learn price and pattern formations. And, and again, you don't find that so much. In fact, a lot of the things like time counts and the confirmation signal, my partner and I actually spent, you know, years coming up with these techniques and studying and back testing things. So you don't find that type of stuff in a lot of books. Um, there's also a lot of books out there that I don't think are great. So be careful, go with the basic technical analysis and then go find someone that really teaches it and has taught it for years and has a good track record. What's your preferred broker and trading platform? Oh my goodness. So I have, I have accounts with multiple brokerages. Um, I have TradeStation is a good one. Um, I, I really like them. Their charting platform is fantastic. But to be honest, these days, you know, all the major named brokerages are very, very good. They've all stepped up their game. They all want the trader, right? They always want those people that are buying and selling lots because they make the most money off of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's fine. Even Robinhood, something like a Robinhood is fine at this point. Um, and again, you know, we just don't, I don't really think there's a, a best broker at this point hey folks ever wonder what broker i use well i use hanko trade it was a no-brainer because i was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage now by joining hanko trade i've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just one dollar per 100k you can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link i've put in the description um do you want to walk walk us through your worst ever trade i think you've touched on it earlier Uh, yeah sure i will um so years ago, years and years ago, I think I had about 100000 in my trading account at that point. And there was a stock, I think it was Fossil, F-O-S-L. I don't remember specifically, but Fogging I think it was that one. Yeah. And I, the stock was falling and I had my 100K and I started to buy it. I thought it was at support. I, you know, I, don't, I probably back then didn't analyze the chart very well. And I made the mistake of it went lower, I bought more. It went lower, I bought more. And by the end of the day, I wiped out 75000 on that trade. Um, and, and it was like, I mean, I can't tell you, when I finally closed it out and just took the loss, it was like, 
You know, it was like, it was like I had been hit by a train. I mean, it was one of those things that that feeling that you say to yourself, you never want to feel this again. But right there, I, I mean, I literally wiped out three quarters of my trading account and I had to, you know, sit back and say, okay, I got to pick myself up off the floor, learn from my mistake and not let that happen again. And, and was that a, your personal account or was that a, like with a prop firm or something like that? No, I was, it was a, it was my personal account at that point. Yeah. 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 It wasn't fun. I, I <laughs> if I can save people from making my sit the same mistakes I do, I did, I would, I would gladly do that for everyone. It is not a fun thing to experience. Awesome. Well, look, last question of the show. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, start small. All right. I can't stress that enough is that, again, you're going to have to learn the charts will do things that you don't see because, you know, you're not you're not at that pro level yet. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, Everyone starts where you're starting and you just have to continue to work hard, learn, learn, learn and start small. Awesome. Brilliant. Well, look, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? Uh, follow me on Twitter. I think that's the best place. It's free. You can follow my tweets. I posted a bunch of great chart setups today um, uh, on there alone. Uh, my handle on there is at Gareth Soloway, so just at my first and last name. And then if you're interested in the services, just come to InTheMoneyStocks.com and you can kind of check out that. You can see the track record there and everything else. Awesome. Well, look, a big thank you to Gareth for sharing with us today. Everything we discussed here, along with all the links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Gareth in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, guys, interview done and dusted with Gareth. Now uh, head over to the YouTube channel now and check out the video we did where he actually breaks stuff down on a price chart. Some really interesting techniques here to pick a decent breakout, okay? Not a, not a false breakout, but a decent breakout. So head over there. Remember, we've got that something special coming up in the crypto space here uh, that you'll be wanting to hear about. So stay tuned for that. Cass Darman's doing his pre-market analysis. We've got the Robot Lab video up in the YouTube channel as well. And also the doors are closing on the Robot Builders Club. So if you do want to automate your strategies or semi or fully automate them and you want to do it without doing any coding at all and learn the skills that it's taken me seven odd years to, to learn and uh, master, then you're going to learn all the strategies and techniques that I have come up with to build robots as fast as possible and get them tested to find out if these strategies work. So guys, that's over there on tradingnut.com. Until next time, have a great week and I'll see you in the next episode.